I want to talk to you for just a few moments today about being motivated by God's purposes. Being motivated by God's purposes. Let's read Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. The Bible says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His right way of doing things. When you... when when the Bible says that you and I, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it means that we have right standing with God. And God's righteousness is His right way of doing things. His right way of being. And you could say this, His right purposes of heart. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That was Matthew 6 and 33. When your heart has been touched by God, you're no longer only goal-oriented. Everybody wants to have goals, and goals are a good thing to have. I have goals. Most likely you have goals, but you're no longer just a goal-oriented person when your heart is touched by God. You become a purpose-oriented person. And the purpose that you're oriented to, and constantly becoming so by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, is God's purposes. Hallelujah. So my heart is oriented to God's purposes. Praise God. I have goals, but they're in submission, and they're under the direction of God's purposes for my life. I fall short of some of my goals. Some of my goals, I don't quite reach the place I wanted to be with it. And then I look, and I see that often my, my personal plans will spatter upon the pavement of life. And sometimes I get discouraged but if I'm purpose-oriented, even when my goals fail, I know still what my purpose is. Let me say that again. When your heart has been touched by God and you've taken that step, that transition, and really, folks, you're in process of this all of your life. From going from being a goal-oriented person to a purpose-oriented person, when you're in that process, when God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is conforming your life to the image of Jesus Christ, even when your goals fail, you still know what your purpose is. God has given you purpose in His kingdom. Purpose to glorify God. Purpose to become more like Christ. Purpose to love people, even when they hurt you. Even when they do you wrong. We still, our purpose is to still love them. All of these things fall up under the purposes of the kingdom of God and God's right way of doing things. Purpose takes me beyond my goals. You know, sometimes if you, if you have goals in your life, they might have to be altered and changed. They might even have to be relinquished due to circumstances. But God's purpose for my life always keeps my life on track, and I never have to relinquish His purpose for my life. I never have to say, oh, it's too hard, I quit. Oh, I'm just going to quit because nobody cares. Oh, I just give up. I never have to do that with God's purposes for my life. I may have to do that for some of the goals and even some of my own purposes that I thought might be God. 
And then I find out it wasn't God, so I relinquish it. But what God has given you as a purpose for your life, you never have to relinquish it. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? Especially in the world that we live in today. Purpose will always keep us on track. When we have been touched by God, and I mean truly touched by God, this is so much more than us having a good idea. This is so much more than, than seeing a need and trying to meet it. I'm talking about when our heart has been touched by God. We then know that our purpose is to glorify and love God as we carry out His will in our lives. When we stop short of His purpose and find ourselves oriented to managing life only by goals and objectives, we lose sight of our one reason for doing ministry and we become mired in the details and the policies and the procedures and the politics of church and all of these things. But in order to keep a ministry on track, you have to be well-oriented to God's purposes for your life. And how do you get that, folks? You get that by spending time in the Word. You get that by spending time in prayer. You get that by listening and then being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Praise God. We don't want the people that we minister to, we don't want the people that God has called us to, to be sacrificed upon the altar of policies and methods. We need to be led by the Spirit. Amen? Don't sacrifice the people in order to do things your way. That's a pretty strong statement. But we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Leaders who are only goal-oriented, they have their meetings, they make their plans, and then they pray to seek God's blessing. But you and I, who are purpose-oriented, discovering uh, in our lives that seeking first His kingdom, praying first, seeking His kingdom and His righteousness, that always takes us to prayer first. In prayer, the purposes of God is revealed. And you and I become people who desire to hear the voice of God above all other voices. You remember when God spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Why did he do that? You see, the voices of this world and the voices of our own selfish desires will always be louder than His voice. God's desire for you and me is that we silence every other voice and listen only to His. In Psalm 46.10, the Word of God says, Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Only when we are still before Him, listening to His voice, then we hear His purpose for our ministry and for our service. And God has a purpose and a service for every single Christian life. No one is left out of service in the body of Christ. Praise the Lord.
Once we've listened to God, then we can move ahead and set goals and establish objectives that coincide and submit to and are directed and governed by His purpose for our life. Too often we rush to serve God before we worship Him and before we spend time in His presence. I've said this so many times. You know, the highest calling that any believer has in life, the highest calling is to worship God and to spend time in His presence. I mean, before we go feed people, before we go clothe people, before we do anything, because you see, people can see us when we do those things, but nobody sees that prayer closet. And the prayer closet is where humility and true service is born. Hallelujah to God. You're not ready to be seen until you have first humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God. Hallelujah. And then when people do see you, they will see Jesus. And that's the purpose of ministry to begin with. Ministry is service. And it's first of all service unto the Lord. But you and I so often, like Cain, we offer God the sacrifice we have chosen to accomplish our selfish goals instead of seeking first His purpose. You can read that story of, of Cain in Genesis chapter 4. But when your heart has been touched by God's purpose, you'll be filled with a new kind of love. It's a love for God and a love for other people. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just learn to love one another? Our motivation is this, according to Hebrews 13.1, let brotherly love continue. We don't set goals to love one another. We have a purpose rooted in love to glorify God. And so if my purpose is to glorify God, He is certainly not going to be glorified if I snub you. Or if I treat you poorly. Hallelujah. Or if I wash my hands of you. That doesn't glorify God. Jesus never acted that way. And He commands us to love. That love must be born before we can ever walk in that commandment. That love must be born out of that deep purpose, sensing and knowing our purpose in God to bring Him glory. And as we have that as our purpose to glorify God, Walking in love won't be no problem. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've seen many leaders enlist people into ministry to, you know, fulfill a goal of getting them more committed to being loving people and, and serving God. Some people reason it this way. They say, let's make Brother Jones an usher in order to get him more involved in ministry or more active in the church. Okay, so our goal in that statement is to enlist the efforts of Brother Jones, believing that he will learn to love and serve God more if he works as an usher. But to our surprise, Brother Jones is a terrible usher. He frowns at people. He acts terribly burdened by his responsibilities. Why? He's goal-oriented, but he's not purpose-oriented. He is not ushering. He is not ministering out of his love for God, but because we've asked him to work. 
Now this is from a leadership perspective, and my point in this is to be careful where you try to plug people in. If we would first turn people on to their purpose, and the only way we'll ever know our purpose is to get before the Lord. And then when our heart is transformed by God and God touches us, to go do certain things. It's a love that is birthed for God. And accompanying that love will always be a love for other people. You can't say you love God. We've read this scripture many times. I won't go there today. But you cannot say that you love God if you don't love people. That is a lie according to the Word of God. Always, 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 when that love for God is discovered in your purpose, your, your purpose becomes to glorify God because you love Him. You will always love people. Hallelujah to God. They may not be your best buddies and, and they, they may not be your favorites, but you'll have the love of God for them in your heart. Hallelujah. So from a leadership perspective... You know, we've, we've asked Brother Jones to work hoping that would accomplish his finding his purpose, but really it's the other way around. You find your purpose and then you plug in. You follow me? We've, we set a goal, and we didn't hear from God about making him an usher, but we just put him out there. But before he can minister, he must first love God and purpose to glorify God in all that He does. I want to say that again. Before this Brother Jones guy, our hypothetical person from a leadership perspective, before he can minister, before he can serve in any capacity, in any local church, before that can take place, he must first love God, and he must purpose to glorify God in everything that he does. Now this takes us from the leadership perspective to the, uh, the individual perspective. We can't minister because we want people to know our name. Because we want people to see what we do. Because we want people to say, great job. Because we want people to pat us on the back. No, no, no. We find our purposes to love God and to glorify Him in all that we do. And then that begins to transform us and qualify us for a place of service in the body of Christ. I'm telling you that we need to be motivated by purpose. Hallelujah to God. When your heart has been touched by God, you've, you've heard me use that phrase many times in this little message already. When your heart has been touched by God, you are filled with a new kind of love for your family members and for your fellow man. This new kind of love is not conditional. It's not conditional. Hallelujah. People who operate under conditional love should not be in public ministry until they first get that straight in their heart. This kind of love is not conditional. Hallelujah. Purpose motivated by unconditional love says this, No matter what happens to me, no matter who notices me, 
no matter how long it takes, no matter how ungrateful others may be toward me, my purpose, hallelujah, is to glorify God and to love Him and others will not change. My purpose will not change. I will love you no matter what you have done, no matter if you've noticed me, no matter how long it takes for me to get my ministry started off. Hallelujah. But when we want it all right now, oh boy, and when we are all about recognition and all about performance and all about what can I do, 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 that's just a bunch of doo-doo. Before we understand faith and grace and love and forgiveness and mercy, and before we discover in that our purpose, which remember is to love God and to glorify Him in everything we do. And that comes you know, from our start-off text, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His right way of doing things. And all these other things shall be added unto you. So from a leadership perspective, we want God's mind on people that we put into service. And on an individual perspective, we want to make sure that when we get into service of any kind, you know, whatever the pastor said is needed for us at that moment in his local body, before we get started off in that, we want to make sure that our purpose is to love God, to love people, and to glorify God in everything that we do. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever. God's purposes for your life will fill you with joy. Hallelujah. You know, let me say that. <clears throat> if you've got a purpose that come out of your own mind or your own heart, but really God is not in it or God did not give it to you, or if you're trying to take authority that God has never given to you, or if you're trying to function in a calling that God did not call you to, you will never have joy in your life. You will manifest constant friction, frustration, bitterness, you will manifest so many things that are works of the flesh because if you would walk in the Spirit and not obey the lust of the flesh, by walking in the Spirit, you would walk right into your purpose in God. Hallelujah to the Christ. And that's why faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified is the most important thing that we can get down into our hearts is that we will trust Jesus we will obey Jesus. We will listen to Jesus. And He speaks by the Holy Spirit to us through His Word, through the inner promptings in our hearts. And then we would begin to find our purpose a whole lot faster than just getting good ideas and allowing that to produce frustration in our life. Because I'll tell you that God's purposes for your life will always, always fill you with joy. With this new kind of love that comes from purpose, there also comes a new kind of joy. And in John 16, 22, Jesus said, Your joy no man can take from you. Hallelujah. Joy is rooted in loving God. 
and loving other people as you live out your purpose. You actually begin to enjoy to learn, uh, you learn to enjoy the trip. You follow me? Have you ever seen people who, I mean, man, they're working for God, they're working in the church. A lot of people know who they are, a lot of people patting them on the back, but it's never enough. They've always got this craving for more, 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 more. Oh, Jesus, help us. Oh, Jesus, help them to realize and understand that they can really enjoy the trip. They can enjoy the purpose journey of life once they get under that love and that joy of God. Hallelujah. Purpose gives birth to love. Purpose gives birth to joy. Hallelujah. The journey of your life can become more exciting than the destination as you go for the gold of God that He has purposed in your heart. Because He's with you on that trip. Every day Jesus is sweeter than the day before on the purpose of God trip. You no longer dread reaching your goal because of a fear that God will be finished with you when you arrive at that finish line. When you reach God's goal... His purpose within you inspires other dreams, more goals, and greater journeys for your life. You will never in this one lifetime catch all the dreams that God has for you because His purpose is filled with limitless dreams. Hallelujah to God. Imagine a cage filled with beautiful butterflies. Then imagine that each butterfly represents a dream. Your purpose is to catch a butterfly and release it into the surrounding forest so that it can be free. Once that dream is released, joy fills your life. But there are still more butterflies waiting to be set free. Hallelujah! It would take a lifetime to catch and to release all of God's dreams for you. I want you to understand that today. You need to be people of dream. You need to be people of God's dreams though. Lay aside your own plans and policies and procedures and pursue the purpose of God for your life. And when you find out what that purpose is, man, learn to forgive others and learn to move in faith and learn to reach out and react in faith, hallelujah, and believe God and never quit and don't give up, hallelujah. And when you have one dream and God has allowed you to accomplish it, He will always give birth to more dreams within your heart. Because that's how God is, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's purposes for you are infinite. His dreams for you are innumerable. As you finish one race and cross that finish line, another race starts and another dream is lost. And a cloud of witnesses from ages past cheers you on from the grandstands of heaven. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't look at the circumstances that are negative. Don't listen to the voices that say it can't be done. If, you know, if I had a penny for every time somebody told me that something in my ministry could not be done, I'd be a very rich man today. 
Hallelujah. But we stand here neck deep in God accomplishment. Hallelujah. Because of faith and grace and because we walk in God's purposes for our lives. In God's purposes for our ministries. I don't set a goal until I have God's purpose. And then you goal and you plan, etc. and so forth. But again, this, the, the opening scripture today tells us exactly what to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So, dear friend, today I want you to be motivated by God's purpose in your life and not your own. Hallelujah. I want you to be motivated by God and you will discover an inner peace. You will be able to live in the light of Philippians 4, verses 6-7, through 7, where the Word of God says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Because your request at that point will be born out of that purpose of God. It won't, it won't any longer be the purpose of land. It'll be the purpose of God. Hallelujah. So you're giving thanks. You're a thankful person because you know that God's got your back. And you know that you, whatever God calls you to do in ministry, He will also equip you to do in ministry. So you let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. We just can't understand this. Amen? But it will keep our hearts and it will keep our minds through Christ Jesus. And as God touches your heart, you'll experience not only a new kind of love and a new kind of joy, but you will experience a new kind of peace. The storm might be raging, the boat might be sinking, but Jesus is on board and we ain't going to sink. We're not going to fail. How can we fail? Why worry on this journey, praise God? You may not know how He's going to take care of everything, but He has promised in Matthew 28 and 20, I am with you always so I can have peace in the worst of storms. Hallelujah. Even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because I have been touched by God. And God has revealed to me His purpose for my life. Hallelujah. So in this brief message today, we've touched very briefly on stuff that we could preach for hours on each one. But I just want to encourage you today to, to get before the Lord to have a humble heart and just go before God and love Him and praise Him and worship Him and be thankful for what you have in life and the blessings He's blessed you with. And allow God to lead you into His purpose for your life. And as you begin to walk in His purpose for your life, you're going to have a new kind of love, a new kind of joy, and a new kind of peace that the Holy Spirit will give birth to inside of you. And you will please God. 
Hallelujah to the Christ. Father, thank you for this message with this people today. Father, I ask that you bless it to their hearts and lives. Drive it like arrows of deliverance to all of our hearts today, Lord. And we ask it giving you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody would say, Amen and Amen.